In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello, and welcome to The Career Confidant, and we are glad you're here today. We got a little mishmash of things that we're going to cover today, so I'm going to just give you an agenda, <laughs> which we usually don't do. But we are going to talk about at least two, if not three different topics today. So the first one is some fascinating information around the three levels of confidence that, when I share it, seems to just help people understand and think about confidence in a different way and a little bit about how it's related to humility, but we've got a whole show on that, so we won't go too much into that. And we're also going to talk about best ways to maximize a virtual event. I'm starting my Career Thought Leaders virtual symposium today. We kicked off with our networking event today, and people shared some great ideas and how you can maximize a virtual networking event, virtual professional development events. And this is going to be our reality for at least the next six months. Um, All of us around the globe, virtual events are your friend. How can you actually maximize them? And then if we have time, we're going to dive in just a little bit into bias. I was on Kamara Toffolo's session last week, last Thursday, talking about women in the workplace and uh, the show it's we did an hour long show on women in job search women in the workplace because of national um, international women's day last monday and she just she shared some powerful things we talked a lot so if you're a woman or have a woman in your life that is struggling with their job search uh, it'd be a good show to to connect them with and kamara k a m a r a is pretty easy to find on LinkedIn or YouTube if you want to listen into that session. Let's talk about the three levels of confidence. Many times when people talk about not feeling confident or feeling, uh, you know, that everybody's talking about imposter syndrome right now, we really fail to talk about these three areas that impact our confidence and to diagnose where our confidence challenges might really be coming from. Here's the thing. You have confidence in your ability to do something. That usually comes from experience in doing that thing. There's really not much other way to get confidence in doing something. You you do it. Now, this means there's going to be a point where you haven't done that before and you don't feel confident and you do it anyway because that's the only way you can gain confidence. You got a little bit of, you know, catch 22 going on there. If you wait until you feel confident doing something, you'll probably never do it because it doesn't work that way. Now, underlying that confidence is the idea of self-confidence. Now, self-confidence is our confidence in our general self, our being, our ability to do something. When you are self-confident, you're more likely to do something you've never done before. Not because you have confidence, because remember, you've never done it before, but because you're self-confident. You agree that, yes, I can do most things. I could probably do that. Now, self-confidence has probably the most 
well, all of these, but confidence and self-confidence have the most challenge for us to balance confidence and arrogance. Here's the, where I insert humility. A lot of people think about humility as a bad thing, not promoting yourself, not talking about yourself, not um, or, or being weak. That is not humility to me. Humility to me is knowing I still have more to learn. That means I can co-inhabitate <laughs> confidence and humility at the same time. I'm confident in my ability to do that. And I know I will learn something. I'm not going to be the greatest. I'm not going to be the best at doing that. And yet I know I can do it. And I know I have something to learn. When I walk that line, it keeps me out of arrogance. Because arrogance says, I'm the best. I know everything. You better listen to me, right? We need to have confidence or no one will listen. And we need to have humility or no one will listen. They come together as a package, it's okay to be confident. It's okay to be self-confident, to believe in your general ability to do things and to learn things. When we talk about women in the workplace, and Kamara and I chatted about this a little bit, oftentimes one of the challenges is women tend not to apply to positions unless they're 90% qualified, and men tend to apply around 70%. There's data, obviously, that women apply to much fewer positions than men, partially because of that, partially, I think, because we're maybe more focused, don't have enough time to just throw everything into the wind. And there's some data that says less applications is good, but less applications because you're eliminating yourself based on over analysis, misunderstanding, or perhaps a little lack of self-confidence, that's not a good thing. You don't have to know how to do everything in the job description to apply. You don't need to be confident. You don't have to have had every single experience. Be self-confident that you can learn and do those things that you have not done. Now, in an application, you have to be able to speak to why they should know that you could do those new things, draw the lines between the things that you have done and the the items in the job description that you don't have. We need to translate and connect the dots. We don't have to have done every single thing on the job description. That is the recipe for disaster. Um, And men probably do it too, but the data illustrates that women do it much more frequently. We've got confidence. You're knowledge that you can do things because you've done it, self-confidence, your general belief in yourself to do things, to accomplish things, to be successful. And then you've got self-efficacy or self-worth. This is our belief that we are worthy as a person, regardless, separated from our ability to do things. So it's removing that performance peace and just really believing that we are valuable human being and not letting people treat us like we're not in any situation and specifically at work because we did something wrong or couldn't do something. Everybody messes up. Everybody has something they can't do or aren't the best at. And when we start to equate our self-worth to especially other people's appraisal of our performance, we're in trouble. 
Now, oftentimes what happens when we're in job search or in transition or, or in some kind of a challenging situation in our lives is we have lower self-efficacy. We have lower self-worth because we're unsure of ourself. And we may have a little bit lower self-confidence because of that. And when we don't connect to that being the problem, then we can overcompensate in the confidence area. So I'm going to really prove to you that I can do this because I'm feeling a little bit low in these other areas. And that's also when we can come across as arrogant or entitled. And I always kind of laugh when people talk about entitlement in the younger generation, because I've seen entitlement in every single age group in my one-on-one client interactions. And oftentimes entitlement from an older age group is rooted in feeling like their self-worth is being challenged. And they're right to feel that way because age bias can make you feel like your self-worth is being uh, your your worth is being discounted by others. We've got to address that before we start to talk about what we've done or it can come across as entitled. Worked with a gentleman once who had been in high level leadership roles and then had lost that job and was in a contract role at an organization. And in that contract role, they were not treating him well. They weren't treating him like he had things to contribute. It was more of like a, you know, here's your project, get it done. Here's your measures, meet them. There wasn't much acknowledgement to his larger uh, ability to impact. And when he came in and talked to me, you could feel that. You could feel that he felt like he had something to prove. He needed to tell me that he had all of this high-level leadership positions and he deserved to be back there And by all means, he did. But because there was so much emotion and I need to prove it in the way that he conveyed it, it made it feel like entitled. You know, I've got this many years of experience, so I deserve that role. That's not going to work. These are the stories. This is what I've done. This is my work record accomplishments stories, especially within those roles that are equal to where you want to go now. Just keep it to the facts. When we start to get into proving, and it's an emotional thing, and I don't know that I'm articulating it well, because you are proving with your stories, but that's just a story. It's obvious. It's the fact versus, you know, I've really got to prove it to you. And when we get to that point, again, it's usually a cover for lack of self-efficacy or or lack of self-confidence. And and it comes across as entitlement or arrogance because it's not pure. It's not pure in its uh, communication of confidence. It really isn't com- confidence at that point because you're not sure that you can do this. You're, you're not convinced and yet you're trying to convince me. When you are in job search, find strategies to maintain your self-worth. Many times, these are outside of the job search and work arena. Volunteering, community groups, family activities, things that reinforce to you on a daily basis that you as a human being are worthy regardless of whether or not you have a job. Find people 
and activities, prayer, meditation, you know, whatever it is, people that help you reconnect to your worth outside of job search. If you're in business and you're struggling to close sales, same thing. Find ways to reconnect with your value as a human that don't have to do with someone engaging in your services. When you go into a sales meeting and you, again, kind of feel like you have to prove it or really sell someone or convince someone, you're going to have a harder time closing those sales because it's not about them. It's about you now and you proving it. It's It has to be about the prospect and is that a good thing for them? Is this what they need? How can you serve them? And if if you're not able to come from that place because you you believe you're worth it, then it, you're going to have a hard time. Those underlying levels of confidence. Now, if you're striking out to do something new, find the connection points that will help you feel confident, that will build your self-confidence. And yes, I can do this thing because I've done similar things. Connecting the dots will help you for yourself And it'll help the person on the other end understand why they should be confident (laughs) that you can do those things because you can have the proof points, even though they might be not a one-to-one correlation. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll wrap up a little bit more here on the confidence piece, share a few more nuggets from my conversation with Kamara, and then we'll dive into how to get the most out of a virtual event. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategic advantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. 
Welcome back to the Career Confidant. And today we were talking about the three levels of confidence, confidence, self-confidence, and self-worth or self-efficacy. It's a good idea to think about your strength in each of these areas. As you're transitioning, as you're starting your own business, whatever it might be, and to bring some some strategies for yourself to reconnect to each one. So let's quickly go through maybe just one or two. Confidence. Building your confidence. One of the best ways that I see clients build their confidence is simply to recount their stories. Going through the resume development process where we gather stories has really just added so much to people's confidence. And when people have self-confidence and self-efficacy, oftentimes that little confidence-building activity is visual change in them because it reconnects them to the confidence that they can do what they've done. Telling your stories, recounting those stories is a great way to build your confidence in, yes, this is, this is what I do, this is what I can do. Your self-confidence thinking there is when have you done something new? When have you done something that you never done before? What helped you be successful at that? What are some of those qualities that you bring to everything that you do that, that help you have success in many different areas? Maybe not everything you do, but what helps you be successful on a fairly regular basis? What are those strengths? And this is one of the reasons that a lot of us use the Strengths Finder or the VIA character strengths uh, so that we can, and that's values in action, VIA character strengths to help connect with what are those elements of who I am that I bring to everything that I do. And that can root me in those and help me feel more self-confident in in doing something new. I can look at those times that I had been successful in making that transition and I can look at how I do well in most things because these are my innate strengths. The last one, your self-worth or self-efficacy is mindfulness, meditation, reading. So we've talked a lot about positive intelligence here and to connect with that idea that, that I am worthy regardless of other people's appraisal of me. And that oftentimes my thinking about how other people are appraising me is actually more about me than it is about them. It's about my own saboteurs saying what I fear is the story versus what might actually be happening between me and another person or me and a situation. And this is an important thing because when we're not feeling worthy, we're going to find ways to make ourselves feel better by blaming others for that feeling. And I I guess this is going to dive us into the bias conversation. I'm just going to talk about this briefly because it's hard to, to talk about. But when we think about bias, and Kamara and I were talking about this, is that often we tend to vilify others for having bias. And this is in no way that saying having a bias is is 
a good thing or okay. However, it's important to realize that every single one of us has bias. And every single one of us has likely made a buying decision based on bias. And not the good way, right? We have decided to do business with someone, to go to a store, to go to a restaurant, or to not do those things because of our assumptions. If you are a hiring manager or you've hired more than five people in your life, it's likely you hired based on your bias at some point. Why? Because these are very deep-rooted, automatic thinking. That's why they call it subconscious or implicit bias. And when we're not aware of them, and even when we are, we are still going to make mistakes and make initial judgments of people. This is why having diverse hiring teams is so important, not because no one has bias then, but because we can all call each other on our own stuff when we've got a diverse hiring team. And I told the story when I was talking with Kamara about a professor, I was working to recruit students into a graduate program and a professor came in and she'd at least gotten, or the student prospective PhD student came in and she'd at least gotten through the interview process. Uh, I don't think the faculty would have known this about her, except for that, that she had children. And the faculty, you know, came to me and said, I'm worried about this because she's got three kids. And I looked at him and I said, so do you. That diverse hiring team, me and the faculty, were able to call each other on our stuff, right? It's not that we're, uh, maybe someone perfect out there is able to never base their bias. But when you have bias, you have to know it and and question it and challenge it and and have the time and space and, and mindfulness to do that. But here's what I see from a lot of candidates is that we will say that company is biased or the hiring process is biased. And that may very well be true. However, it's also our assumption And when we play that blame game, we get away from really focusing on what's our self-efficacy, what's our self-worth, and showing up to every interaction feeling worthy and confident. If I walk into that situation feeling less worthy because I feel like I'm getting biased against for my age, regardless of whether or not that is true, I am hurting my own chances by showing up with that in my head. I'm going to say things, I'm going to do things, I'm going to play into that bias or simply just not show up as confidently as I need to because I'm telling myself that story, that this process is biased against me because of x y or z that may be true and yes let's fight it but when you are in the job seat searcher seat be very careful about how you interpret that because if you are sitting there thinking this process is biased against me because i'm old you are bringing that with you when you go somewhere and the only person that is hurting is you Take your advocacy and your work to change the process, to change, you know, the education, to help people get past their bias. That's great. And that's needed. We need to do that work. But walking into an interview situation thinking that people are biased against you is not going to do that work and it's not going to help you. 
We need to clear our minds, similar to, uh, you know, as a salesperson, when you go into a, a, a meeting, if you're thinking, I got to have this sale, or I bet they're not going to buy because you're, so, you're sunk. If you're walking into that interview thinking, they're not going to hire me because you're sunk. It's not going to happen. And it's most likely not going to have anything to do with their bias in the way that you think it has to do with their bias. Big point here is we can only control our actions. So you can decide what you want to do about that bias. We talked about taking motherhood references off of your resume because motherhood, huge bias. I didn't even know this until I did the research, but you're like half as likely to get interviewed if they can tell you're a mother compared to your non-mother peers or a parent non-mother peers and $11,000 less in salary. So frustrating. You can decide what to do about that. You can rail against it if you want to. You can go find places that you know are mom-friendly, or you can take it off your resume and get where you want to go and change it from the inside. And I'm sure there's other choices. Those are just the three I can think about. But sitting there thinking I'm not getting hired because I'm a mom, or I'm not getting interviewed because I'm a mom, that really doesn't serve us unless we're going to do something about it. Figure out, can we look different on our resume? Can we look differently in terms of our strategy, where we apply? Or or can we look differently in terms of how we connect, right? Maybe on a network or something instead of applying online. That confidence and bias relationship just kind of hit me when I was talking to Kamara. So thought I'd share it with you. Maybe it's helpful. And um, how can you decide the actions that you want to take? So confidence also plays into our ability to be effective in a virtual meeting. Here's one big thing, like aha, but duh, at the same time. If everyone else is on video and you're not on video, you're at a disadvantage. People can't see your face. They can't put a face to a name. We like faces, even though we can only see them virtually in some cases right now. We like to know people, like to see their smile. It really helps. So if there's an opportunity to be on video in the meetings that you're on, do it. Professional development meetings, networking meetings, obviously interviews, if they're video interviews, you need to be there. The more that you do it, the more you'll feel confident because that's what confidence is, right? Confidence is having done something and succeeded. If you've never done it, you can't feel successful, you can't feel confident. Find opportunities to get yourself on video. Friends, family, Zoom, we're all tired of it. But if you're, especially if you're job seeking right now, it's a necessary evil. So do it. Then when you get on that one-way video recording that companies are becoming more and more loving about, you'll feel less intimidated. Find ways to get your face on video. Attend networking events, attend virtual meetups, attend professional development events. Do whatever you can do and show up with your face. That's the number one virtual event success tip. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk about some other virtual event success tips for networking and standing out and connecting, really being able to build your network, even while we're still all virtual. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network 
you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello and welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we were talking about a little mishmash of things, <laughs> confidence, bias, and then how to succeed in online networking. So here's the thing. We're all burned out on online networking. And I want to just pause and talk a little bit about, you know, it doesn't all have to be through events. Connecting one-on-one with people is probably the, you know, the most effective thing that you can do anyways. And people enjoy that. Especially right now, we're still all feeling a little isolated, we're over it, we're ready to get out. Um, If you're in an area where there's outdoor opportunities to connect with people, that might be great to invite them to, you know, sit down at the park where you can stay a comfortable distance apart or whatever, checking in with people on what their comfort level is a good idea. And then meeting in person if that's an option. If not, Let's connect one-on-one virtually. People are still talking and it's still happening that it's more responsive. Your existing network is going to be more responsive to those types of connections. Hey, love to chat, see what you're up to, reconnect. It doesn't have to be all about a thing. You have a general goal, right? I'm, I'm exploring this. I'm, I'm interested in this industry and wondering if you have any ideas for me. The minute you make it about a specific job, it will be more difficult. The more you can keep it a, a little bit broader than that, the easier it will be. That's the one-on-one. And you can use your social media to do that. Use your, if people are active on Facebook, use Facebook Messenger to connect with them instead of email. Because guess what? Emails are still buried. And 
maybe LinkedIn Messenger, if you see they're active there, watch for where people are active in your network, right? We're talking about people that own, already are in your network. Watch where they're active and use those methods to connect with them. Um, if they haven't posted on LinkedIn in a million years, they're probably not going to respond to your LinkedIn message. Same maybe with Facebook. But if they are active on there, if they're po- posting on somewhat, you know, monthly, then they're probably going to respond to your message there perhaps better than than an email. Phone call, of course, if they're in your direct network, Um but it depends on their situation in, in at work and at home, um, if they're going to be able to, to answer the phone or not. I don't know. I, I hardly ever am able to answer my phone because I'm either teaching or my kids are home and they're loud. So it really doesn't, I'm not a phone. You don't want to try to call me on the phone. So understanding what's the best way to connect to your existing network. So then let's talk a few a, a few other ways about virtual networking. We started to talk about events and of course the one like duh thing, but still hard because we might not be confident on video, but if we show up on video, we're going to do better at networking. We're going to make more connections. We're, we're going to be more visible if we're actually visible on video meetings, if you're already working or, or if you're networking. Here are a few other things. Use the chat. Use the chat. If someone doesn't want you using the chat, they will shut it off. Otherwise, use the chat in Zoom, and uh, you have to test other platforms, but in Zoom, and even Google, I think, and, and probably in Teams, although I haven't used it, look for, is there an opportunity to chat to the group, the main group, and then is there an opportunity to private chat? Now be careful because it doesn't really mean private chat. The organizer in Zoom, at least, will still be able to see what everyone said to everyone else. However, it does a one-to-one thing. So I could chat to Aaron and say, you know, hey, great to see you again. I'm so glad you're here. And it makes that one-to-one connection, even though we're in the big group. And that's powerful. Then I could connect with Aaron afterwards and say, hey, it was great to see you in that session. You know, love to get together sometime and talk about what your main takeaways were and see if we can help each other get the most out of that, right? Use the chat to comment. Use the chat to ask questions. People, you're going to, again, it's visibility. If you can't be visible on video for whatever reason, I mean, we've all got things going on in our, our lives and our backgrounds. Maybe you're trying to show up while you still got stuff going on at home. That's great. So if you can't be visible with video, be visible in the chat, especially if you can do both, even better. Then, Reconnect with people afterwards. So if someone else makes a good comment or asks a question, connect with them one-on-one in the chat and then connect with them afterwards. Same thing that you would need to do in a big in-person event. In those other, in the virtual events, we're, we're going to do those same things. Plan your time. Eliminate your distractions. Make sure that nothing else is in your way. If you're going to take the time to do it, Take the time to do it and be there, connect. Now, I mean, not every virtual event is that your goal, right? You may just be doing it to learn or sometimes I'll do things just because I'm curious and I'll pop in and see. But if you're actually trying to use these events to grow your network, be thoughtful and present and engaged during that time so that you can make the connections to grow afterwards as well. 
virtual events, you know, also you want to have that tail. You want to do your follow-up, setting one-on-one meetings with people afterwards. Great way to do that, you know, if they comment or if you can comment and then you can connect, connect on LinkedIn or if you've got some other method in your industry to connect with folks or in that group specifically and get active. Attending one or two industry events is not going to change your life unless you do the work outside of the event to build your connections. And I told a little story to my network the other day. It's been a while since I told here, but my my whole personal professional life was completely changed through professional development events. I became president because I was attending and engaging and someone said, hey, I think you would, you know, be good at this, which I was just new in my career. I was like, oh, I don't know about that. But I said yes. And it, and it shifted everything. And then president of another association because of that and purchased my business from two women that I met at events. Um, my first professional event in the careers industry and and then continued on that relationship. And if you are, you know, going to professional development events, but you're a business owner and you're kind of like, well, I'm in competition with these people, I would encourage you to ditch that attitude at the door. I've seen that attitude get in people's way. And part of the reason that I am where I am right now is because I by some dumb luck, didn't buy into that attitude, even though it was it was inhabited by some of the individuals that I was in a group with. And I said, no, this is silly. We're all serving the same people. There's plenty of business to go around. Why don't we keep these relationships instead of, you know, getting territorial? And And that's a big part of why I am where I am. So if you're going to other events, look for opportunities to connect, to share, to be referral partners. There's plenty of business to go around. And as soon as you start feeling that little, you know, oh, what about this voice? It's time to go sit down somewhere and and reconnect to your abundant self (laughs) because you're not serving anybody, uh, especially yourself, by by being in that place of, of feeling like we might be in trouble here resource-wise. And you may feel like you're in trouble resource-wise, so it might take a lot of mindfulness to remind yourself that there's plenty in the universe. Elizabeth uh, Sanders-Park said in a session that I attended at the very beginning of the pandemic, she said, you know, people say money doesn't grow on trees, but what if it does? She said that she was walking out into the world with the idea that money does actually grow on trees, right? There are people in the middle of the pandemic that made more money than they'd ever made before. How could you be that person? There are people right now with plenty of job offers. How could you be that person? Starting with the mindset of believing that it's possible, believing that it's happening, believing that it's true. When you walk into those events virtually or in person, how can you keep that abundance mindset so that you cannot get in your own way of unearthing opportunities? So let's talk a little bit about social media because it is another opportunity to connect with people virtually. We usually we do a fairly poor job of 
managing it, of, of using it. People say, oh, you know, I, I'm not getting any hits on LinkedIn or even the stories of, oh, I changed this person's profile and they started getting all these hits and sure it could happen. But the main way that you're going to use a social media tool to get any kind of opportunity is using the tool. Not just having a great profile, that might work for some people, but it's like, you know, one in a thousand, what, I don't know, it's a low odds. Here's a few other things to do. Comment instead of like. This is one I struggle with, I don't know why, I never know what to say on somebody's posts, but I know that liking doesn't do anything, commenting does, because it, I mean, you, if you post anything on social media ever, you know that when someone comments, you're like, oh my gosh, someone commented, it's so great, right? You could give someone else that gift of being the comment. It feels good to the poster, builds that relationship right away, builds your visibility right away. And and you don't want to have it be a negative, so be careful about um, one-upping or promoting yourself on someone else's posts. Make it a gift to that person that posted. What could you comment that would make their day? And I am trying to get better about this across all my social media, um, commenting and helping other people by, by commenting. Comment to show confidence, but without one-upping. So you can still show your competence. You can still show what you know without one-upping that person. Yeah, I love what you had to say about this. That was a great point. I'd also add this, complimentary, highlight what they said, then add your stuff. It makes it much more credible, actually, and, and collegial, when you do it that way. Be complimentary, even if you're going to disagree. So remember, humility is knowing that I still have things to learn. So I might not agree with what someone says. And that's okay. We don't have to be, you know, agreeable to everything. Like your point about this. This is a technique from Positive Intelligence, the training and and book by Shirzad Charmin. Pick out what you do like or what you do agree with, comment on that, and then add your perspective. You don't have to like point out that I disagree with you X, Y, or Z. I agree with you on this, or I really like your point about this. And I would add, and what you're adding might be contradictory to what they say, and that's okay. You don't have to, you know, point it out and be confrontational about it. All right, let's take a break, and when we come back, We'll wrap this all up for you and how you can display your confidence and competence and collegiality in all of your interactions virtually, since we'll be virtual for at least a little while here. We'll be back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. 
That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we had a little journey through confidence, bias, and virtual interactions, and they all come together here at the end. So if you are really confident in your abilities and what you do, that will show up for you and it will help you walk through real bias. In no way are we denying that there is bias out there, unfortunately, against almost everything you can think of. I, I can't remember. Someone was just posting something about how they felt like they were being discriminated against something by people that were that thing. And this is the thing. So, you know, 80 something percent of people are biased against people who are overweight. And that includes people who are overweight. So even if we think, oh, we're going to work in an organization where there's a lot of moms, it doesn't mean that you won't face motherhood bias. Because if they've experienced working with another mom who, you know, reinforced whatever it was that moms are unreliable or whatever the bias is, they're going to be biased even though they're a mom. Our confidence, our self-confidence, and especially our self-worth can help us navigate that, help us show up our best and not worry about what someone else might be thinking about us in that bad way. Obviously, we need to worry about what people are thinking about us in terms of are we connecting with them? Are we answering their questions? Are, are we you know, connecting and engaging in whatever we're doing? If we're confident, we also won't feel the need to push ourselves in other people's social media posts to you know overstep the bounds of, of collegiality there because we're not trying to prove anything. We don't have anything to prove. We're just there engaging and building community. 
So if you're confident, then you can demonstrate your competence with collegiality and build community. You gotta love that. Look at those four C's. Reconnect to your confidence before, and you may need to do this daily if you're really struggling with this. If you're feeling like uh, you that uh, you've been out of work for a while and you're starting to have those things creep in about, I'm sure people are against me because, think about all those things. Make sure you're not playing into them. So this is real, right? Age bias. Why do people have age bias? They're worried people are don't have energy, aren't up on the latest tech, whatever it might be. Really dive into that. Why might this bias be happening? And then how can I make sure I'm not playing into that? And then after I've done that reality check, I'm going to let it go. I've done my strategies. I know that I'm, I'm doing the best I can do. And I'm going to critically keep a track of that because all I can do is do what I can do and keep my eye out on is there anything I could do better. That's the humility. Not being afraid to look for areas that I can learn or I can do better and still being confident. When I do that, then I can walk into those situations virtually on on social media and just demonstrate my confidence because I'm more concerned about the the connection, the collegiality, the community that I could build than about proving something or showing you know, you know showing everybody how great I am. It doesn't work that way. When I look at great salespeople, and by the way, if you're looking for a job, you look at the McKinsey report, uh, 40% of the top growing job titles that they had presented in their report are sales related. So we really got to get over our fear, fear of salespeople. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being a salesperson. Salespeople that are focused on service are the best salespeople in terms of performance. They're the modern salesperson in terms of, you know, what works today. And, and it feels good. It's really all about figuring out what the other person needs and adding my competence towards that solution, which might not always be me, right? It might be someone in my network. It might be someone else that I can connect people to. Uh, One of my colleagues posted something about grant writing the other day. She's looking for a a grant writing course or wondering, had a client that was trying to get into grant writing and wondered what training that she should take. And I tagged one of my colleagues because that's not my area, but I do have a network and I know people that do that. They've been trained or they are trainers. It builds my competence and my community to comment, even though it's not my area of competence, right? Because it's all about thinking, how can I add value? How can I help my colleagues out, help my community out? It's not always about me. When it comes out that way, you'll be surprised as to the strength of the community that you can build. And as we know, whether you're trying to build a business or find a job or earn your promotion, it really all comes down to the strengths of your relationship, to the strength of your community, to who knows you, not necessarily who do you know, but who knows you and what do they think of when they think about you. That is a personal brand, right? Jeff Bezos, what people say about you when you're not in the room, that's your personal brand. 
And it also is your social capital to achieve the goals that you want to achieve. Expanding your circle is a good thing. Thinking about how you can diversify your circle in every way that you can think about diversity, especially if you're thinking you're facing bias for something in particular. If you think you're facing age bias, get more young friends. Not because, you know, they're young and they're better than you, but they're young. They could help you understand that. They can help you connect. And they could help you have a network to to get into other organizations. And guess what? If you're referred by someone's colleague that's their age, they're going to look at you different than if you're not referred at all or even if you're referred by a colleague who's older. Because if they have bias, they're already going to have built that bias in when you're referred by their older coworker. Versus if you're referred in by their younger coworker, diversify your your connections in every definition of the word. Race, age, you know, how can you find opportunities to expand your circle? And and it will help you in many ways, of course, being uh, diverse, diverse social capital just being one of them. We are in the middle of our career, well, we're actually kicking off tomorrow, our symposium for the career thought leaders, and it always means that I get a rush of great ideas to share on the show and a rush of new guests, hopefully, who are attending the symposium and want to take the opportunity to come and share their wisdom with you. If you have ideas for other guests or if you are listening to this and you're part of the symposium and you'd like to be my guest, feel free to reach out and I'd love to know what topics you want to cover, uh, how we can debrief any of the sessions. If you're not a career person, but you've been looking at the lineup and thinking, ah, you know, I'd love this session or that session, let me know. And maybe we can invite that person on to give just a little nugget of what they were sharing with our career services providers here with you. You can always reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. And love to hear your ideas and your questions and your thoughts. Again, if you're female or have a female in your life that's struggling, you can check out that interview with Kamara Toffolo um, on YouTube. And you can find her on LinkedIn as well. She posted that session a couple of times last week. And uh, we will see you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.